afternoon, just. Well, I want to carry on a little bit from where Juliet just left off. We're going to buy this building at the end of this year, and we need to raise four million. And we're purchasing it because we need, we need some more space. Ten years ago, we moved into this building. We tried to buy it then, but um, they didn't want to sell. And so we've rented for 10 years and we converted it all. Uh, but it, it all needs a, a, a lick of paint. But more than that, it, it needs, we need some more, more space. And what we, what we want to do is this wall here, we want to push it right back. So there's another third of the warehouse there. And at the moment, it's a big refrigerator. We'll probably take that out. Um, but push that right back. And, and then build, build up over the foyer seating. And it, it was interesting. A couple of... Um, probably about mid-summer, maybe it was a little bit before then... Uh, I left the morning service and uh, a guy from Africa came up to me and he, he, I mean, he poked me literally and he said, I have a word from the Lord for you. And he said, you're to build a 2,000-seater. Two, and then he walked off, just walked out the door, never seen him since. Could have been an angel, could have been a prophet. Normally prophets like to get a bit more, you know, um, gratitude for giving the word, but he, just, he just, just walked away and said, that's what the Lord has said to do. And that's the journey we're about to embark on. We, um, last week, well, last, again, last autumn, summertime, we bought another 100 chairs. We've used all those up. I don't know if we used them all up today, but last week we ran out of, of chairs again, so we've got to buy another, uh, another 100 chairs. We... Um, I know if you're at the back, these screens, uh, <laughs> some people will think it's good. I, I know I just look like a shadow at the back, but we do have some better looking people up on the stage that you, you can see. We need to upgrade all of those just so that we can see. And of course, as we increase the size, so everybody can see what's going on. So that's the journey we're about to start. And the truth is, it's, I'm 60 years old in uh, a couple of weeks' time. It's, I'm still in shock. I don't quite know how it's happened. Um, but I never thought I'd be doing another building project. But I, I know we need to do this. I know the Lord is saying this, to provide a place for the next generation to thrive. And so this year is not going to be about buildings or money, it's going to still be about seeking his presence, winning the lost. You know, we've spent the last few years getting our view on money right, saying the declarations. Now you get to see the miracle. Now we'll see what God is about to do. So in March and in October, we're going to take up an offering. We'll give some more details nearer the time. And I know we need a miracle but I also know a God who's in the miracle business. And, you know, the, the biggest miracle really is that they're selling to us. This is prime land, possibly the most important land in the city. 
at the moment. The football ground is over there expanding. The university is expanding around us. You've got the rugby and the new um, hotel there. This is, this is prime land. And Jesus, Jesus says, freely you have received, freely give. And so whatever comes in will start with us. Whether it will finish with us, I don't know. I love the story in Exodus. In, um, they were building the tabernacle. Uh, Moses says, bring, bring them the materials and everything that we need to build the, the, the tabernacle. And in chapter 36 of Exodus, the people bring so much, they have to stop the people giving. In fact, this is what, what it says at the end of uh, chapter 36. And the people were restrained from bringing for the material they had was sufficient for all the work to be done, indeed too much. I'm going for that. That's what heaven does, okay? So we started this journey uh, a number of years ago of pursuing the presence of God. And he told us three things were important, that we were to go after his presence, we were to get our money right, and that we were to win people to Jesus, salvation. Commitments to Jesus and the healing of the body. It's the, same, it's the same word. But why this order? The reason is, if you pursue God, you will be blessed. He blesses those that go after Him. But if you do not have the correct view of money, it will be your undoing. So Paul, when he writes to Timothy, he says, Timothy, money is not bad. Okay, the love of money is bad. He says, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And I, I want to just rile you a little bit this morning, just so I get your attention. You cannot be saved except by the Holy Spirit and a right view of money. You cannot be saved except by the Holy Spirit and a right view of money. Have I got your attention? Three of you, good. Okay, get your Bibles. Back to the Sermon on the Mount. I'll show you what Jesus says. Find Matthew chapter, chapter six, and it's the word of the Lord. So let's stand, we're gonna read. Stand up and we'll read. Here we go, chapter six, and we're gonna pick it up on verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and man. Why don't you take a seat? 
So I think Jesus is saying, um, he's making three points. He's doing, it, well, he's doing it in three ways. First, he's giving you instruction. He's given us and he's saying, this is what I want you to do with the things you treasure. Then he's giving revelation. He says, if you understand why you're doing this with the things you treasure, your life will be full of light. And then he applies it. He says, you can only have one master you get to choose. So let's start with instruction. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust destroys or where thieves do not break in and steal. Literally, that means do not have your treasure house on earth where it can get eaten away, where it can decay or get stolen The word treasure actually means treasury. It's where you keep the things you love. It's where you keep the things that are are, are, are valuable to you. So what he's saying is if you keep the things you treasure on earth, the nature of earth is decay. One day we will all die. It's 100% stat, okay, unless Jesus returns. So one day we will all die and everything you have amassed will be left to somebody who hasn't worked for it. That's Ecclesiastes. That's what it says. All the things you've you've accumulated is going to be left to someone that hasn't worked for it. Or it won't turn out how you'd hoped and you'll be disappointed, rust, decayed. Or even worse, Someone comes and steals it from you. Rather, Jesus says, have your treasury in heaven where it renews, it never decays, and no one can steal it. Let me give you, give you an example. Five years ago, when we started this journey, we were forced to draw on our life savings. We made a number of decisions. We believed we were following the Lord. And as we did that, people got cross. And about 200 people left this church. They just walked out those back doors and said, this is foolishness. We're not coming back. And off they, off they went. And because of that, actually, this was one of the first times in our lives where actually our whole salary came from the church. That's only been for a few years. Normally, we've had multiple jobs um, that the church couldn't afford to, to pay me. So we went down to a few days uh, a week paid by the church. But, but 25 years earlier, we were, had started paying into endowments. And that in, in, in the olden days, um, that was a way of you paying your mortgage off. And literally, as this hit the endowment started to pay out. So money started to be paid into our account. Now, it was meant to pay off our our mortgage. Uh, But but money started coming into our our account. So we didn't didn't, um, have any problems. Um, Now, I could have viewed that that season, my money was getting stolen. But actually, my, my treasures were in my heavenly account. So I viewed it as a miracle that that 
25 years earlier, God knew that we would need an influx of money. And so we'd been, we'd been investing ready for this time. And you might go, yeah, but well, it's all gone now. Well, the interesting thing is we had enough to tithe, we had enough to live on and we had enough to invest. And so guess what? It's back. It's been replaced. The Lord's replaced it. Because when you store your treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys or where thieves can break in and steal, no one can take it from you. You see, when we find ourselves in these situations, we can get bitter or better. We have a choice. Not just financial, you're going to find lots of situations in your life where you have a choice. You can become bitter or you can become better. And, and so I believe that, our, um, that, you know, after I have a choice, am I, going to, am I going to get bitter? You know, after all I've invested, after I've, all I've done, after all the hard work, look what's happened. Or I can become better because I know that God holds my life in His hands and He has a plan. And it's always, always to prosper me. It's always that I will grow up and fall more in love with Him. It's not about my career. It's not about my possessions. It's not even about the people of this church. Jesus Christ is the love of my heart. No one can take Him away from me. And if you don't get anything else today, make Jesus the love of your heart. Choose to make Jesus the love of your heart. No one can take away what He does in your life. So, instruction. Number two, revelation. Jesus says, verse 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now, listen to this. Jesus wants your heart. That's why he came. Behold, he stands at the door and knock. Anybody who opens up the door and lets me in, we will come and make our home in your life and, and eat with you. We, and he's saying, we'll come and make a home in your life and we'll stay with you. And in a minute, we're going to give an opportunity for people to give their lives to Jesus. You see, Jesus wants your heart. If he is your treasure, he will have your heart. He will have your devotion, your worship and your adoration. You see, if you don't know where your heart is at at the moment, Check where you put all your attention, all your love and all your devotion. And then Jesus goes on. He says, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? He's talking about money. He's just carrying on. This is a little section where he's talking about what, where our heart is and what our eyes look to. Now, Jesus is giving revelation that will change your life. Where you choose to keep your treasurer or your treasury is where your heart will be. And your view of money will determine how you live your life and the state of your heart. 
if you, how, you see, how you view money will light your life or darken it. If you view it correctly, Jesus is saying, your whole life will be full of light. If you do not view it correctly, your body will be full of darkness. That's why he says, seek first the kingdom and everything else will be added unto you. Put me first, go after me and all these other things will come to you. As long as Jesus is your pursuit, everything else will be added to you, he says. So we should not pursue money, money should pursue us. Let me say that again. We don't pursue money, money chases after us because we belong to Him. There is never a lack in the Kingdom of God. When you walk with Jesus, there is always more than enough. Now, I know that when you're starting out, it doesn't feel that way, right? There's, there's always more month left at the end of the money. Have you ever noticed that? I know what, I know what that feels like. We've, you know, <laughs> I've been there. And that's why God has set an order. He says, bring the first fruits to Him, a tithe. Whatever comes in. Now, obviously in the Scriptures, it was sheep, goats, all sorts of things. You, you could, you're welcome to bring your chickens and your sheep and your goats in here. I don't know what we're going to do with them. Um, but, um, but hey, it's just another ministry, isn't it? Um, bring your first fruits to Him. We give the first 10% back to Him in thanksgiving. Why? Because He has a heart. Then we learn to be generous to all those around us. So with the 90, we're learning to be a people that are generous because we're becoming like God. So if we have the resource, we pay the restaurant bill. You know, you're all out for dinner. Who's going to pay? I'll do it, I'll do it. If you have the resource, not... Um, I hope they pay. Or, or, you know, something has changed in our hearts. You know, when, when we come to pay the bill, we give a tip. We're generous to the, to the waitress or the waiter. Why? Because we're becoming like Jesus. And they go, I, th I think you've got it wrong. Did you really mean 50 pounds? Normally they give me five pounds. Oh, no, 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 we got it right. Jesus loves you. We're blessing you. But I didn't even do a good job. Yeah, I know. Hopefully you do better next time. <laughs> I've eaten in Leicester. <laughs> All right. But I'm still going to bless you. We don't sell our old appliances. We give them away. And sometimes we give the new ones away and keep the old ones. Why? because He has our heart. We're becoming like Him because we're becoming more than enough people. Something is changing in our life. You know, well, this is a true story and I confirmed it in the morning. You know, well, I, I just wanna keep my old freezer just in case I need it. We, um, we moved about 
five, five years ago, really, something like that, and um, the freezer didn't fit in the new kitchen. And so it was in my garage. And um, Tim was just moving house, and he called and says, because he knows I collect things like this. I have all sorts of things in my garage. I, I don't want, I've nearly emptied it, right? I don't want phone calls. And he, he says, do you, do you, don't know, you don't know where we can get a freezer, do you? I said, I've got one in my garage. Um, you can have it. And he goes, oh, how much do you want? I go, oh, no, you can have it. It's, it's yours. And, and, um, and so he comes around to pick it up. I checked it worked. Um, why? Because I know something. Do you know what happens to freezers that are sitting in garages? They go rusty. That's what happens if you leave an appliance in your garage. It goes rusty. I know something about my wife. If that freezer went rusty, there's no way it's ever coming into her kitchen. Okay, she does not have rusty appliances in her kitchen. I know that. So the secret is to give it away before it goes rusty. Because then we get the blessing of giving it away. That's all right. It's a pleasure, Tim. I, I didn't love that freezer as much as I love my car, but it's a, it's a pleasure that you were blessed by it. And he confirms it's still working, so I didn't give him rubbish. Okay. You see, we give it away while it's still good. Now, when your eye is full of light, you can see further. You see, fear of loss um, stops us moving, moving forward. But when we, the, the, the fear of loss lifts off us, faith starts to arise and we start to live differently. You see, if you can trust God with the first 10%, you'll have faith for the 90%. One of the things I've loved over the last year or so is um, occasionally, I, I, you know, when we, all the offerings come in and because we've got the codes and you, you scan them, there's loads of offerings that come in for a pound or two pound. I love those ones because it's not about the amount. I know exactly what's happening. Some of you youngsters are starting to give and you're giving out of, because you don't, you don't have that much. And so you're giving that little bit. Why do I love it so much? Because that's the story of the widow's might. When we learn to give and start to sow, the blessing of heaven falls on us. It's not about the amount. That story has been now told for 2,000 years. Jesus was watching that woman and he watched what she did at the offering. And she sowed into the rest of her life. And I love it because now sometimes we get 50 or 60 on a Sunday and they're just small gifts. The Lord loves it. That's what releases the miracles that start to open up heaven. You see, we start to learn to live in heaven's provision, not earth's lack. You know, some of you, you know, who are earning more, you might get a big tax bill come through. You know, it's about that time of year, isn't it, when the tax bills come through. Glory. And this big tax bill comes through. You go, what am I going to do? Well, read your Bible. You get into your car. You drive to Skegness. You get to Skegness. It's, in the, it's all in the book. You get to Skegness and you go to where they're hiring out fishing rods. And you, buy, you hire a fishing rod and you cast it into the sea and the first fish that comes out is gold in its mouth. 
That's what Jesus did. He's starting to think heaven's way and not earth's way. He's starting to think about the miracle. How is God, what is God gonna do? How is he gonna move? How about the feeding of the 5,000? <laughs> All these people are coming to Jesus and the disciples go, get rid of them, get rid of them. We don't have enough. We don't have enough food. Send them home. They're gonna riot. And Jesus says, you feed them. And they go, we haven't got anything. That's the earthly thinking. And he says, well, what do you have? We got a couple of fish, a few loaves. And he said, bring them here. Let me bless them. He blessed it and broke it. They fed 5,000 people. And then they had 12 baskets left over. That's the kingdom view, abundance. The Holy Spirit is gonna tell you what to do with your treasures. He's gonna tell you to invest some of them for a return. He's gonna tell you sometimes to buy property so you can set up for your children. You know, we did a ministry time in Revival Prayer a couple of weeks ago. People that needed to buy a house. The trouble is, if we have a, if, if, if there is a fear that I'm gonna make the wrong investment, money has power over you. I'm gonna lose what I have. Fear paralyzes, but if you're in the light, you can see. You know, sometimes the, the enemy tricks us, you know, but it's not fair. Woe is me, everyone's got more than me. It works for them, it doesn't work for me. Jesus says the measure you use will be used unto you. If you're upset people have got more than you, why don't you go and give something to somebody that doesn't need it? Offend yourself. Jesus says to those that have, more will be given. Offend yourself. And better are those people that don't take offence because of me, he says. Offend yourself. So, the Bible, this, this book is a manual for life. It contains the secrets of heaven. And the Holy Spirit brings this book to life and He tells you what to do. It's full of stories of men and women that obeyed God and did what He said and saw His miracle. You see, I want to leave an inheritance for my children. They want me to leave an inheritance for them as well. But even more, I want to leave a place where they can give their hearts to Jesus and thrive among His people. That's more important. That's why the prophet Haggai, I know we're running out of time, tells the returning remnant, build the Lord's house first and His glory will return to you. It's really interesting, that, those verses. Build the Lord's house first and the glory will return to you. That, what it, what it, the exact meaning of when the glory returning means three things. When you, you can check it, you read the commentators, the, it means glory or presence. That's what the Lord told us to go after His presence. The next thing it means is money or prosperity. The, the, the prosperity of God will come. He told us to go after money and sort our view of money. And then peace or salvation, the shalom of the gospel, the salvation of God. Go after his presence, get your view of money right and win the lost and the glory will return. That's what it looks like when the glory of God returns to the house of God. Number three, really quick application. You can only have one master, you choose. You cannot serve both God and money. 
And if money is your master, you know, Jesus told the, the, the story of the rich young man who couldn't get through the eye of the needle. There is, there is a choice. Choose the master who calls you friend. Jesus says, I call you friend, not the master that calls you slave. Money always calls you slave. Jesus calls you friend. You cannot serve both. You see, when we walk with Jesus, his resource starts to come into our lives. That's why it's important to buy this building. It's not for me, it's for the generation to come. But you know what? He's promised me, I will see it filled. It's then your responsibility. It's then your responsibility for what you do with it. I mean, I, I mean it. It's your responsibility for what you do with this. He said, we'll see it filled. For me, Juliet said I had to share this. Uh, when we des- the Lord rebuked me. He often does. I, I, he's always really kind. But when we designed this building, I said, we'll build an auditorium that is comfortable with 300 people because when we've finished using it, ten- churches tend to go down and we want to be able to leave the building um, without too much pressure to the next generation. And the Lord, the Lord spoke to me by that African man and over the last few years saying, that is absolute nonsense. He said, the generation that's going to follow you is going to do way more than you do and is going to increase the size of the building, not decrease it, because I am on the move now. And I am raising a generation that is going to change this world. And you are, and it was clear, I really, honestly, at this stage of my life, the thought of doing a building project is not top of my list. The Seychelles was. But he said, build build a building and I'll fill it and you will see it filled and we will see it filled. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. But we're not going to, we're not going to, Keep our eyes on the building. We're going to keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus. He is going to become the love of our heart. We're going to go after his presence. We're going to have a good view of money. Um, and, but the, the lost and the sick are coming in to be healed. And that's why we're making room. And I'm done. You need to stand up. It's um, three minutes past one. <laughs> <You're right. clears throat>